All right. Wonderful. You guys ready for some word? Yeah. Okay. If it helps you to close your eyes, you're really welcome. I'm just going to pray. Father God, thank you that you have lavished your love on us that we may be called your children. And that is what we are. So God, we thank you for our sonship today. We thank you for the joy that we have in our salvation. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Jesus fulfilled his promise and sent us the Holy Spirit as he has ascended to sit at your right hand. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to move in our hearts and our minds this morning. Shift whatever you want to shift. Move whatever you want to move. We're here for you, for your glory, for fellowship with you and for fellowship with one another. We bless your name. We thank you today in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. And the church of God said amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, thank you for having us. We, we really do consider it a huge privilege, as it's been said. Uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm originally from Liverpool, so please don't judge me. Um, and um, I moved out to South Africa 11 years ago uh, as a volunteer uh, with, a, with an idea that I was just going to go for a year, but I didn't have any other plan. And um, the Lord has just done wonderful things in my life. My dream was always to work with my wife and to be a dad. Uh, so I get the privilege of working with my wife and my best friend, uh, being a dad to our three kids and being a father figure amongst other men uh, and women doing family life at Live Village. It's a huge privilege for us. Uh, and I just want to bring some reassurance to you that Live Village exists because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we really believe that when scripture says that God takes the lonely and he places them in family and that once we were lost and now we've been found, that we were blind and now we see, we really believe what we are doing at Live, at Live Village is not not just a social, a social justice work. You know, I actually don't believe in social justice without social righteousness. Because if you look at the scripture, the Lord says that righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. So anything that should be done in the name of justice should also lead us into a space of social righteousness. Amen. But the reason why we do what we do is because we believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ works. We believe that it works. Now, I'm not just saying it works for your evangelism strategy or not that that's a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. We don't just believe that evangelism, uh, that the gospel works for other people. I believe that God and the Lord Jesus is awakening his church in these days to come back to the truths of the gospel, to live in the fullness of the truth of the gospel, not just what I might say here today as a preacher or a visiting speaker or what your uh, normal teaching pastors would teach you, but I believe that the Lord is calling us as the church to spend time in the Word and for Him, He, by His Spirit, He wants to reveal your gospel to you as a son and a daughter. Amen? I don't believe we grow out of it. I don't believe we graduate onto better news. I believe that we grow up in the gospel. It's not something, I often say it like this, there's no better news to live in, there's no better news to share, and so you can't, you can't grow out of it. So we, we want to position ourselves as the children of God to continue to grow up in the gospel. I mean, we were just looking at the news of things happening in, uh, in Israel and all of the stuff that is happening worldwide, and if you look around, you think there's not too much room for people to grow. There's so much uh, evil, there's so, much, there's so many bad things happening, 
But I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ works, and I believe that Jesus wants it to work for the sons and daughters of God, even in these days. And so I'm not going to be sharing anything brand new with you this morning. Sorry if that's a disappointment. I'm going to be reminding, of, I'm going to be reminding you of where you need to be rooted and established. It was, we were singing about it this morning, the love of God. What it means, what you're saying, I've been chosen, restored, set free, redeemed. All of these things, we, we, they, they roll off the tongue, but I want us to come to a place where every day we're living out these things that I can genuinely say when I get up in the morning that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I, I don't walk with one bit of condemnation. I don't walk with one ounce of fear. I walk in the fullness of God because that's what I was set free for. Amen. All right, great. So, oh, by the way, if I shout, it's not because I'm angry. It's because I'm excited. Um, you see, anyone, anyone African or come from or spent any time in an African country hearing anybody preach? Okay, thank you. So you know what's coming. That's why you're sat at the back. You're so clever because you, you know the sound has to travel further. It's going to be a bit quieter there. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's, nothing, there's nothing personal. Uh, I just believe in what I'm sharing, and I believe it's worth getting excited for, uh, and I believe that it's, uh, it's, especially in the last 12 months, for me personally, um, it's revived me. Amen? Wonderful. So um, I want to uh, just encourage you that Live Village for us is our demonstration of the gospel to the world. I don't believe the gospel should just be proclaimed I believe it should be demonstrated. And the question that I've been walking around for the church in the UK is, what is your demonstration of the gospel? How do you demonstrate as an individual, as well as a church, and as part of the global church, how do we demonstrate, how do we show the world the life of Jesus, walking in communion with the Father, the death of Jesus, not that we become somebody's savior, but we are prepared to pay the sacrifice. We're prepared to lay our lives down so that resurrection life can come. And what does it look like for us to be a church who follow and know and live the life of the ascended Jesus, sat at the right hand, you know, he's made, uh, he's made the earth his footstool. All authority has been given to Jesus. Now we're seated with him in heavenly places. We pray to him, we pray through him, and we trust that he will confirm his word. So what does it look like for us to position ourselves every day, not as victims, if we believe in the gospel, not one, of in this, not one of us in this room is a victim. Every one of us is victorious. But you have to learn to live in victory. I don't believe it's just something that we, we are given and we understand straight away. We need to grow in it. We need to mature in it. And so when we're talking about this gospel, for us, we found our demonstration. My question is for you, individuals, and for you as a church, what is the demonstration of the gospel for you? And today might just be an affirmation of something you're already doing, or today might be a mind-blowing moment where the Holy Spirit reveals to you actually a space where maybe you didn't even know you were demonstrating the gospel, and you think, oh my goodness, thank God, I'm looking like Jesus. This is amazing. Or there might be something that he leads you into. You say, Wow. This is what you're calling me to. Okay, yes, Lord, send me. Or in Zulu, you'd say, Tumamina, Baba. Send me, Father. Send me. Amen? Wonderful. So, 
Um, I'm not going to uh, take too long on these. I'm just going to ask, can we get this scripture up from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 3 and 4, please? I'm just going to read it. It's in, this is the NIV, if it's um, helpful for you to read in your own Bible, but I'm just going to read it for you. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he says, But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's what I'm going to be speaking about today, a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you received a different spirit from the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Very quickly, we'll, we'll all have a pretty good framework of First Corinthians, the first book that was written, you know, uh, the greatest is love and spiritual gifts. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great things. There's also a lot of correction in that book as well. But there's a lot of encouragement of how to do church life. And um, by the time Paul writes his second letter to this church, uh, they've actually pretty much rejected him as an apostle. They're like, well, if you're an apostle, shouldn't you be making more money? Why are you in jail? <laughs> and he's like, hang on a second, you are my letter written by the Spirit of God. You are my living epistle. I, I poured out everything to you and now you become the demonstration of my ministry. And so he's really encouraged him and he's like, hey guys, listen, you need to remember these things. But also one of the things that he's saying, and this is, a, this is an astonishing statement for him to make, that he doesn't want them to be deceived. Now, a deception is just, a, very simply, a deception is when you take something true and you twist it a little bit and you present it as true. So just as Eve was deceived, it took her away, and this is what his worry is, it takes us away from pure and sincere devotion to Jesus Christ. And I believe that the Lord is calling us to a pure and sincere devotion to him and him alone. And so this is what we're going to look at today is Paul gives us then the three key areas that if we focus on, I believe we live a pure and sincere devoted life to Jesus Christ. Number one, it's to Jesus himself, not just the name of Jesus, not just what Jesus can do, but it's about knowing him and him knowing you. Led by the Holy Spirit, Mark number two, led by the Holy Spirit. And third, growing up in the gospel. I know this seems almost too simplistic, but I believe if we get back to it and we remain in it, then the Lord is going to teach us what it means to be his sons and daughters. So I'm going to quickly um, just uh, go through these three areas, uh, if that's okay with you. Are you still with me? Can I get a wave? Brilliant. Yeah, I even got a woo. All right. Great. The first thing about walking with Jesus, I'm just going to highlight the story of Mary and Martha. I'm not going to go into depth. I'm kind of giving an overview of everything. There's plenty of time for you to go and explore that for yourself. But when Jesus visits the home of Martha and, and Mary is there, and Mary is sitting with Jesus and Martha is in the kitchen preparing. She's doing what she should be doing. She's hosting. She's getting ready. She's making sure that the guest is welcomed. Such a big thing uh, in the culture of the day that, that Jesus would be welcomed. He would be made comfortable and he would be provided for. And, but there's something that's going wrong because Mary is there and what is she doing? She's 
present where Jesus is and she's listening to what he's saying. So she's tending to his presence and she's tending to his voice. But Martha has an issue with it. And Martha says, Lord, Lord, don't you, don't you care that I'm doing all of these things? And she's just, she's not doing anything. And like, that's not okay with me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're, you're, you're worried about many things. But Mary has chosen what is better. What is better? He says, she's chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. What is it that's better? She's tending to his presence and she's tending to his voice. And the Lord says, he will never take his presence or his voice away from us if we choose to set our lives tending to those things. I don't actually believe this story is about activity or inactivity, passivity or how much we can do. I don't believe it's about activity. I believe it's about posture. It's about the posture of the heart. See, you can be going from one meeting to another. You can be going from one place to another place. You can still tend to his voice and you can still tend to his presence. You can be sat in a room by yourself in the name of Jesus, but not actually understanding how to engage in tending to his voice and tending to his presence. But the secret place, the quiet place, the place where the Lord, it's just between you and the Lord. And, and it, please excuse me if you, if, you, if you don't, if you're not in the habit of sitting with the Bible in a room by yourself and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm here and I believe you are too. And I ask that you would reveal Jesus to me now through the scriptures. I want to encourage you. There will be no greater revelations that you receive than God speaking to you about himself and about how he sees you. You see, you can lean into my intimacy or a worship leader's intimacy. And that's great on a Sunday. And we all share moments of intimacy with the Lord. I'm talking about being close and together in fellowship, but Ultimately, you need to be equipped to be able to go away and to be able to do this in your home on a daily basis, to be able to know how do you tend to the Lord's presence? How do you tend to the Lord's voice? And I was told a number of years ago, listen, just don't be surprised if lots of people maybe only pick up their Bible once or twice a week, if that, and then they attend church on Sunday. But if we want a pure and sincere devotion to Jesus Christ, and my, my wife just said to me the other day, she said, like, well done for, you know, because we're driving long ways. Well done for getting up and having the self-discipline. And I just said, you know what? It's not about self-discipline. I love spending time with Jesus. I'm devoted to him. He gives, it like, he's become my life. I find life when I'm with him. And I want to encourage you that that is such a good space to be because if you're going to go out and if you're going to be, if we're going to be people of the gospel, we're going to be people who demonstrate the gospel when we're going to be lacking power and substance if we haven't spent time in the presence with the person. But when we spend time in the presence with the person, the power and the demonstration will just be a natural fruit. We're not going to have to try hard. It was interesting, I was walking in a local park here this morning and I was just walking around. I'm the only person with a smile on my face. And I don't mean that critically. I'm like, good morning. Morning. <laughs> but, I, but there's life in my body, there's life in my bones. His name is Jesus. And I want to encourage you as a demonstration, it doesn't just have to be about how much you can say. It's about how much of him is in you. Amen? All right, wonderful. So choose what is better. You know, to be like Jesus, I'm, oh goodness, I don't have time. I wish I did. But I want to encourage you, 
sanctification and, and walking things out where, where you really, where we learn to live according to the scriptures, even though it's not easy, it's good. I really want to encourage you, like, you know, when we say something like, you know, Romans 8, 28, for we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purposes. We go read the next verse, verse 29, for those he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So why does God work all things together? So we look more like Jesus. We, and looking is not like, I can't look like a Jewish man. I would love to, but I can't, I, I don't know if I would love to, but I, I, like, I can't look like a Jewish man, but I can carry the substance of the man who saved my soul, pulled me out to the pits of hell, out of darkness and death and redeemed me into his kingdom. And now I'm a bearer and carrier of light because I'm a child of light. And so the substance of Jesus, uh, to be like him, um, and I really want to encourage you in discipleship. You know, the point of discipleship is to help us mature. It's not about how much information we can retain. It's about how much we can mature in the likeness and the image of Jesus. Um, and once we are in this space of spending time with Jesus and we're becoming more like him, then of course we're going to join him in his mission on the earth. For me, that's discipleship. To be with the Lord, to be like the Lord, and to join him in his mission. If you were to ask me, how do I disciple people to be with him, to be like him, to join him in what he's doing on the earth. Sounds like a pretty good deal, hey? Amen, wonderful, all right. So, I just want to encourage you to walk with the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes in my own life, I treated the Holy Spirit as a bit of a, like a jukebox thing, like I put something in, I pull a lever, and then hopefully Holy Spirit comes out, and then that, that, that'll be great for me, gets me through my next ministry moment, gets me through my next uh, tough moment, but Holy Spirit is God, not slot machine, convenience, Holy Spirit, I really need you now, and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to teach us to walk with and to be like Jesus. Will reveal to us in the scripture who Jesus is, what it is that's been done for us, the truth of the gospel. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. The Holy Spirit does all these things. The paraclete, it comes alongside us to empower us. But it also comes inside us, inside us, rests upon us, becomes our fuel becomes the fuel by which we, we walk out this journey of being followers of Jesus. And so when uh, we, we don't want to overlook things like uh, the fruit of the Spirit, we don't want to uh, lose things of, of things like the gifts of the Spirit, all of those things are wonderful, but you know, we can sometimes train ourselves to do it in a church context, but when we're walking down the streets... You know, I might be confident in bringing somebody a word. I might come into a gathering here and think, oh, great, let me, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to say to anybody right here? And that's wonderful. We need the gifts. We want the gifts to build up the body. That's why they're there. But also, the gifts would start to manifest as we're walking in the streets, as you're stood in the playground waiting for your kids and you hear uh, the mother or the father who have been going through the same challenge week after week or month after month. And if we could be trusting God that in our gifting, even if it's just an encouragement, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be trusting that you, there's something that's going to shift. There's something that's going to change for you. Being, walk, being people of faith. And the Holy Spirit will stir faith in our hearts. I'm coming into land. The gospel. You know, the gospel is generous. How often have we said John 3, 16, for God so loved he, 
gave. If we so love, we will also give. If a sign of not giving is a lack of love, it's a hard thing to see and it's a hard thing to say, it's a hard thing to receive, but very often, if we're not prepared to lay down our lives, there is no greater love than to lay down. So if we're not laying down our lives, it's probably because we're lacking in the first. And so why is it so important that we spend time with Jesus? We ask the Spirit to reveal, because in those moments, love is revealed he himself reveals himself to us so that he abides in us and we abide in him. The answer to his prayer in John 17, that we would be one with him. You know, you become one with God. You have not become God, but you become one with him. And we are one together in the church. That's why Carita says we're all on the same team. We're all doing the same ministry, different places, different outworking, different manifestations. But when we come to this church, I, I want to exhort you to spend time in the truth of Scripture. Like when the Bible says that you are born of God, not of the will of a man or a woman, not of the will of the flesh, but being born of God, what does that mean to you? That you are a new creation, that you are brand new. You know, we sometimes use language like this, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That was your old nature. Your sinful nature is old nature. When you were born again, you were given a new nature. It's not that you don't sin. It's that your nature has changed. I've become alive to God and dead to sin. Before, I was alive to sin and I was dead to God. But now I'm a new creation. My new nature God has given me a holy nature, a nature like his. Why? I've been born again of a good seed. I've been born again of a holy seed, an imperishable seed, Peter tells us. And if I really believe that I'm born again of a good seed, I've been made right with God. I am right with God. I don't have to play catch up when I wake up. Anyone struggle with that? Oh Lord, I better start praying early in the morning. Because, and I'm not saying don't pray early in the morning. What I'm saying is if you wake up in the morning and you feel like you're three steps behind God, you believe you're deceived. You've been made right with him. You've been positioned in him and he's been positioned in you. So when we wake up, instead of saying, okay, what have I got to do in order to get to a place where I'm following Jesus to say, thank you that I am in you and you are in me and that we have made, I've been made right because of the body and the blood of Jesus. And there was nothing that I could do to change it. Jesus made his choice before I even responded to him. And now that my life is found in him and his life is now found in me, there's nothing more that I can do for him to earn his love. And there was nothing that I could do to push him away. He loves me because he loves me because he loves me. And I'm going to live love today. I'm going to live like I'm loved by the creator of heaven and earth and my creator so that I can have communion and community with him. This is the gospel of Jesus. That we were once dead and now we're alive. So when we wake up in the morning, thank God my life is in Jesus. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I now live by faith in the Son of God who died for me. These are the truths of the gospel and I'm afraid that sometimes we've moved on to other things. I want to say, what would it look like for us to be a church that 
remained in these truths and grew in these truths. So that when the invitation for fear starts to creep in, we say, oh, but the spirit that I was given is not a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And it's not to say that we won't trip up. It's not to say that we won't have moments of doubt. But we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to believe that this is true and go all the way with it? Or have we said, no, it's true, that's great, and that gets me to one place, and now, hmm, let me have a look around. How am I going to navigate my way? No, stay where you are planted in the gospel of Jesus. Stay where you are planted. And the last thing I'm going to share with you is this. This is the last thing. I was asking the Lord the other day, I said, just tell me about this gospel. And he said to me, it's not a formula. It's a flame. You know, I can make it about uh, this and this and this equals this. But he's like, I don't want it to be a formula in your life. I want it to be a flame. And so my, my thing was, okay, Lord, then set me on fire. And I pray that I would set others on fire, that a flame would be lit about this gospel, about this truth, about what I've received in Jesus. I couldn't find it anywhere else. I searched plenty of places in life. Still do at times. Get it wrong so often. But this gospel is a flame. And God is waiting for his church to position ourselves to be lit up again. Lit up again. For his glory to the ends of the earth, starting in your home, then your neighbor, and whoever else you may come into contact with on a daily basis. The Lord wants to light us on fire. I really believe it. And this is my experience over the last year as I've just spent time going back through the gospel and asking him to reveal it to me afresh. I've realized, oh my goodness, there is no better news. If we told the kids next door, there's ice cream, and we told one kid, and they went back into the room that the adults have got ice cream next door, how long do you think it would take for them to get in here? can be the same with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good news travels fast. So um, should we sing? Should we worship? Is that all right? Do you want to stand where you are? Sorry, I um, should have given you a bit more of a heads up. I did say I was landing three times. (laughs) Now I've just run out of petrol. (laughs) Oh, should I pray while we... Yeah, okay. Let's let's stand together. Uh, There's so much more to be shared, but I'm just trusting that the the Spirit has just deposited things into our hearts today. Um, If you're comfortable, I'm just going to invite you just to to lift your hands or place your hands out in front of you. Um, God, we we need you. (laughs) And the truth of our need is greater than the accumulation of our confession. We, We are not able to say how much we need you, but in this moment, we just declare it anyway. And, and we just ask, we want to be lit on fire. We want to be lit on fire. We want to be flames. Flames. Flames of the gospel. Flames of good news. In a world that is literally dying for good news. In a world that is so lost in darkness, let your flame shine bright. We don't want to be zoo animals, God that look like, sound like, present to be something wild and free that is just stuck behind a fence. 
not able to be what it was originally made for. We don't want to be zoo animals, God. We want to be untamable, Jesus-loving people of your kingdom that are wild and free. Wild being restored into the very nature it is supposed to live and thrive in. We want to be wild, restored to what we were always made for. We want to be wild and free. We don't want to be always having to receive a meal from somebody at a certain time of the day. We want to, we want to know what it means to be able to go out and make the catch, to eat good solid meat for ourselves, to be found as your children in your presence, to be loving you and being loved by you. And then the world just gets to experience the beauty of that intimacy. They're the same words that Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know him. May we grow as your church to be a reflection of this truth. In Jesus' name, amen.